Good morning, and welcome to Ask BBB. I'm Jim Swan, and I'm here with Jennifer Matthews, who is the CEO of BBB Serving Western Ontario. The Better Business Bureau is constantly working to create trust in the marketplace. And here on Ask BBB, we feature representatives of accredited businesses who provide insight into their business or service and the things consumers find useful about that particular business. Later this morning, we'll look at information on BBB.org that provides tips on hiring contractors after natural disasters like rainstorms and tornadoes. And, you know, you hear hundreds of commercials a day on radio and social media on television. And this morning, we're going to hear about a London company that produces commercials heard around the world uh, when we talk to Darren Trudeau of Overnight Radio, Inc. And this just might be a line you'll hear in a commercial. Free pickup service recycling all scrap metal and electronic e-waste items from any home or business. And that's the headline on the website of That Metal Guy Recycling. And the owner, Tony LaViolette, joins us now. Good morning, Tony. Good morning. Nice to be with you. So, Tony, in a perfect world, what would metal recycling look like? Um, I think the way it is right now, there's a lot of things that we could shape up. Um, some regulations being in place. I mean, we got people throwing stuff to the curbside. There's no city program that picks it up from there. Um, so when we have that problem, a perfect world to me would be eliminating that problem and securing it to a more professional way. So what choices do people have now when they have metal appliances to dispose of? Uh, well, well, there's a lot of them. I mean, London is, uh, I think, I think we're, we're top when it comes to scrap metal recycling. There's a lot of choices here. Uh, I mean, if you if you want to put in the labor and stick it in your vehicle or have somebody come and pick it up and bring it to a city drop-off or to a local scrapyard, get paid for it even if you want to bring it down there. Um, there's those choices. Uh, there's us as well. We will uh, come to your home for free. You place your item in a secured location. Uh, we take it away and have it gone before nightfall free of charge. Um, so there's, there's those places uh, available for everyone. So how has COVID-19 and all the safety protocols impacted how you do those collections, uh, Tony? This is a uh, question that is uh, very touching to uh, my service. Um, for the past two years, I've had to quit my removal services. It's, it's affected me large. So I, it, the upside to it, it has, uh, it has pushed everything to the outside. So I provide my service on the free pickups uh, on outside. So I have no indoor removals. Uh, I'm generating no income from charging people for services, which I was doing prior to the pandemic and, and looking forward to um, scaling our service, uh, not just from London, but uh, um, to the bigger goal of nationwide to, to provide a service like ours. So I have, I have hard, tough choices to make in order to keep my business a five-star multi-award winning service and to make sure that I accomplish the goals that I set out to, to accomplish in, in making our environment and our climate much more healthier and this industry much more efficient and more professional. So you'll be quite relieved when all of this is over. Yes. Tony, what happens to the, the items that you do pick up? Uh, there's plenty of ways. Uh, so if it's scrap, it goes to a local scrapyard. And I do all the sorting on spot. Um, everything has to be picked through, make sure that anything that could be reused, we keep. It goes to other certain collectors and hobbyists that repair things like bikes, lawnmowers, barbecues, things like that. 
um, things that need proper uh, drainage, uh, like refrigerant or uh, say lawnmowers and things like that. If we're reusing them, then we have to dispose of that a certain way. We have a sister company uh, who assists us with that. Um, we pay them, they give us the scrap back and that's how we still generate our money from that. Uh, we don't stockpile it like a scrapyard. We are a scrapyard on wheels. So basically we do all of everything they do, but on the wheels and on the gold deal. So do you think that more could be done to divert metal from landfills? Uh, yeah, absolutely. Bringing it to city drop-offs and, and Kijiji and Facebook, those are, those are problems in itself. But I mean, to do more, I think we have to target garbage pills and garbage bags in people's homes. Um, the city streets where garbages are placed for the public to have access. There's a lot of people that don't care per se or have less knowledge on what to do with their trash say they have a battery or a cell phone that broke or just got smashed they throw it in the garbage it goes to the landfill gets buried unknown nobody knows that was ever buried there and it's it's there that problem is there it's always going to be there until somebody steps in puts some regulations in place uh, to educate people more to divert that stuff 100 percent, or at least 98 percent of of that waste from the landfills so then further to that, electronics like old TVs, computers, as you mentioned, cell phones should not be put, obviously, into regular garbage. No. Uh, and we're asked to take these to special disposal sites. Does That's your company do that? Is that a service you provide? Yes, yes, we do. Um, now, all these places where you're asked to bring them, they're all secured, legitimate places. Um, now, there are some that are unsecured. You do see those random bins around the the, the, the city that uh, have no coverage. You just throw your stuff in there. Anybody can go there at two in the morning, pick up a you know a computer, take your hard drive out, upload the information, get your password, your credit card information. It's that easy to take your data sensitive materials and do something illegal with it. Um, so there are options. And yes, our company does take it. The difference with our option in our company is we'll come to you for free. We'll come straight to your home or your business. We'll take the items away, we'll recycle it, we'll sort it, we'll dismantle it, we'll do what we have to do to make sure it's recycled properly. And your data sensitive material is the most safest position it could be with us because it goes strictly straight to the crush. Tony, do you ever find some of these things that uh, you pick up are still functioning and usable uh, and might become museum pieces? Yes, most definitely. I mean, myself, as you can see in the back here, this is history. And not just only history that we need to collect and save to show the young ones in our future how we developed our technology or how we developed our ways in life. I mean, I think it's, it's, it's important to remember that barbecues and lawnmowers and things like that that are thrown out have simple fixed problems. Carburetors needing cleanings, uh, barbecues needing a cleaning, replacing the burners. All that can be done with just material you find in the recycling industry. There's more to be done in that sense in order to um, keep things in the cycle. So for a business like yours, Tony, and you're an accredited business with Better Business Bureau, how important is that to you? I would have to say that achievements like being an A-plus accredited business through the Better Business Bureau, having that just shows the consumer that you're a trusted company. And when you have an A-plus accredited status, especially from the Better Business Bureau, that's being recognized as that you are the best or you are the top, you are trusted. And I think that's important for a business owner 
especially uh, uh, not just small businesses, large businesses to recognize so things can operate properly, smoothly, and, and everybody would just be happy in the end. I think if, if things were in that sense, uh, people were achieving those things or going for those, those goals and, and helping themselves be better. Tony, thank you very much for your time here this morning. You're welcome. We've been talking with Tony Violetti, who is the owner of That Metal Guy Recycling. That Metal Guy Recycling is an accredited business with the Better Business Bureau with an A-plus rating, and you'll find them in the BBB directory. We're going to take a short break, and here's some messages. And then when we return, we're going to talk about how those messages are prepared. Welcome back to Ask BBB. I'm Jim Swan with Jennifer Matthews, who is the CEO of BBB Serving Western Ontario. And we've just returned after a commercial break, something radio listeners have been accustomed to since first broadcasts close to 100 years ago. And have you ever thought about the work that goes into producing those commercials? We have Darren Trudeau, co-owner of Overnight Radio, a company that produces dozens of those commercials every day. And we are so pleased he is here to share some of the inside story on commercial production. Good morning, Darren. Good morning to you too. Thank you very much for having me. So the welcome page on your website describes Overnight Radio as a commercial production house delivering top quality ads the very next day. Who besides radio and television stations contracts your services? Direct clients or, or local businesses, They, uh, while they're a minority of our clients, we do, we do still, still serve them, them local businesses. Some are local dealerships. Uh, pet food, uh, restaurants, uh, who contacted like a radio station to advertise, but because the station may not be set up to handle the production of their spots, they either found us on the internet or the station sent them our way. So when a radio station then or a business contracts with overnight radio, how does that process uh, go? So a radio station contacts us because they're in need of creative services. They've got a lot of uh, spots they've sold, but they, they don't have a way to get them produced in a timely manner. And uh, they fill out a request form online uh, that really whittles down uh, what they need us to know for their client to get their script and spot just the way they want it. Um, it, it forces them to really just whittle out a lot of the uh, superfluous information in order to get the, the best creative. And, and that's how we work every month with uh, multiple radio stations across North America. Uh, small to medium market, we we have the same kind of um, uh, talent that that does say a spot here in London, also does a spot in Melbourne, Florida, or somewhere in California. It's homogenized a production that's uh, that would if you hear a spot that we do here, it would sound the same there. So so what's the main challenge, uh, Darren, in producing a radio spot that will get the attention needed to generate business or or to make that information memorable? Well, uh, when you're working with small to medium market stations, they have uh, we have to work within the, the construct of those uh, businesses, which means that timelines are super quick. People decide they want to advertise and they want to get on the air immediately. People are also very sure about what they want. They want their phone number in there four times, uh, taking up valuable airtime, but you know no one's writing down phone numbers. They, they still want it in there. Um, and sometimes they're struck by big sounding voices that sound great, but may not, they, they may be counterintuitive to your brand. Our biggest obstacles that we have to overcome are taking these, first of all, the timelines and, and the wants and needs, 
and trying to construct a script or a spot that uh, caters to these needs, but still um, reflects the brand that uh, will hopefully uh, not be disappointing uh, to them when the audience reacts to their spot. I mean, if you've got a flower shop and you've got monster truck voice yelling that they've got a sale on Sunday, 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 it probably will not you know, relate into sales. But maybe we can, we can turn it into a joke. The beginning of the spot can have the, the, the big voice and then we can uh, manifest it into something that's more appropriate for that uh, spot. So the, the, the biggest problems is taking people's expectations and transforming them into something real for them quickly. So speaking of the voices, you have a large team of voice talent with some quite impressive industry credits. What are you looking for when you are recruiting voice talent? Well, back in the day, we, we started in a little town called Listwell, Ontario, and we had a, a real recording studio and the voice talent would actually come in and voice it in front of us in the studio and we could guide them and we could watch for mistakes. And then, you know, uh, the early 2000s came and technology started changing and it was it made no sense to have this place anymore and people started voicing from their home studios when we're looking for voice talent i mean uh, first and foremost they need to be able to uh just basically read a script and i don't mean that cryptically i mean they, they have read it over they they get the basic gist of what the writer was going for uh, secondly these voice talents have to be on time they have to police their own quality and delivery and of course they have to have a, a good voice but a good voice doesn't mean radio sounding voice. It just means you have a good speaking voice. Anyone can be on the radio as spots. There's the spot for every voice. Um, so if you if you can read well, you're on time. That's the kind of voice we're looking for. And lastly, is is you have to know that your your accent is local, whether you uh, know it or not. Everyone's got some localities to their their accent, and uh, if you're willing to remove, uh, let's say in a Southern Ontario, re remove your oots and aboots and change them to outs and abouts, you would, uh, you, there's a lot more voice work for you out there. You've talked a little bit about uh, technology and the outreach. Um, tell us a little bit about how that technology has allowed you to reach into those other markets. And you've touched a little bit on the things that you need to change as you reach those markets in terms of voice and, and so on. But uh, how has it allowed you to expand your business? Oh, well, I mean, literally back uh, when when both me and my business partner used to work at a, a radio station in Kitchener-Waterloo area, we, this is before the turn of the century, we would uh, receive spots on, uh, and I can't even remember what the, the system was called, but it took about an hour to download a one, one thirty-second spot. And then we had to transfer it to CD-ROM and then dub it into the system. And it was quite convoluted. When dial-up internet came along, we could download a spot in you know less than five minutes even that, that sounds a bit crazy slow today but it was revolutionary back then so that's when my business partner had the idea to to have the the creative production house in one area and deliver them all via the internet now it was slow at first it worked out that that stations uh, rather than mailing spots here or there that were getting the the local guys to produce it when somebody in another area would have a better voice for that suddenly these things became open and we could voice it with someone 
from London, Ontario, who had a great voice for this particular spot and be on the air in Mobile, Alabama the next day. It just, it changed everything for us. Um, we, we were no longer confined to our, our localities. It was great. What's the furthest out um, client that you have? Oh, uh, pr- probably Dubai. There, there's, there's been a few spots we've done in Dubai. Most, most of us is in North, uh, North America and the Caribbean. Uh, but yeah, that, that's, yeah, we've done some in Europe, but Dubai is, is quite uh, literally the farthest. Well, Darren, we want to thank you for taking time to chat with us about the business and about the spots that we've been hearing uh, on the radio station and that we can hear right around the world from your company. Thanks very much for your time. Thank you very much for having me. Darren Trudeau is the co-owner of Overnight Radio, Inc., and that's an accredited business with the BBB with an A-plus rating. Now, if you want to learn more about them, search the BBB directory by name, uh, Overnight Radio, Inc., or by searching under the category commercials, auto-visual production services, freelance writer, or other related types of business. Victims of storm damage are sometimes victims of storm chasers. We'll return with tips to make sure that doesn't happen. And welcome back to Ask BBB. I'm Jim Swan, and I'm here with co-host Jennifer Matthews, the CEO of BBB Serving Western Ontario. We've been talking about recycling and ad creation this morning. Most of that is planned ahead, but when a severe storm or tornado or flooding happens, we need help in a hurry. Yes, and circumstances um, like that bring out the best in people as we see people reaching out to help one another when uh, these these, uh, incidents take place. That's right, Jim, but sometimes the dark cloud lingers as so-called storm chasers or scammers descend on the area and take advantage of people who really need that help in a hurry. They could offer quick fixes or make promises that they can't deliver. They may not even have licensing to work in your area. So BBB has put together some tips on hiring a contractor when a storm or natural disaster strikes. So where do we start? First, you want to get a hold of your insurance company, so find out what your policy covers. Save all of your receipts, and that includes receipts for food or temporary lodging or other expenses that could be covered under your policy. Your insurance company may even recommend contractors to help with cleanup and restoration. So if you don't hire the contractors suggested by your insurance company, or if they don't make recommendations, what What should we know about picking a contractor, Jennifer? So as we've said in so many situations, do your research. And of course, we suggest that you use the BBB.org directory to find businesses you can trust. Get references from neighbors, friends, or relatives. And although the storm damage was sudden, you should hit the pause button if a contractor is pushing you to hire them on the spot. You want to be proactive in choosing a contractor you want to deal with, not reactive to a contractor who wants to capture your business. You should never feel forced to make a quick decision. So some of these storm chaser contractors actually come door to door, even and approach you by phone. Yes, but there can also be legitimate contractors who are working in your area. So if you're dealing with someone at your door, ask for identifications. If your city or municipality requires solicitation permits, ask to see those. Check their vehicle for a name. Get a phone number as well. And what else should we know? 
Well, when it comes time to pay, make sure you get an invoice from the contractor and pay them directly and preferably do it with a credit card. Do not sign over insurance checks to contractors and do not sign any documents that give the contractor any rights to your insurance claims. And Jim, BBB is also warning contractors to beware of storm chasers who offer to pay local construction companies substantial amounts of money to use the business's established name or their reputation and phone number. They masquerade as a local business, collect the insurance money, and then they move on, leaving the real business to deal with unsatisfied customers due to their bad workmanship, unfinished work, or unfulfilled warranties. Well, as always, Jennifer, BBB helps us to be aware. And that's our time for Ask BBB this week. A reminder that you can contact us anytime on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram at BBBWesternONT. Yes, and if you have a comment or a question or a guest suggestion, tweet us at hashtag AskBBB. We are always glad to hear from you. Thanks for listening this morning. I'm Jim Swan. And I'm Jennifer Matthews. Remember to ask BBB. And start with trust.